This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. The following episode is one of the infinite debates these monkeys have had. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this but podcast. But now we're recording, so... Uh... Deutschland, 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 Deutschland. Are you going to go into the Nazi thing? You know, oh, what's the Nazi thing? Go I'm not going about the Nazi thing. You know what's kind of... I, I, was, I was thinking about this uh, earlier today uh, when we were... Wait, I got I to gotta pee. I got to pee. Just <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> this is the third time. This is, I feel like this is just Gunner's now like trademark. Just, okay, let's go. Got to pee. <laughs> What you been thinking about? It's been a well, long well. time. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was, uh, what am I doing? Right, a lot of the work I've been doing recently is like pretty mindless and algorithmic. So I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks, and <clears throat> particularly um, George Orwell essays and things. And he wrote an essay called uh, "Politics in the English Language." which he uh, criticized the use of abstract language, um, not only because it it uh, obscures meaning, but also it 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 um, causes the author to think that they know what they're talking about, but they actually don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so that. Um, you have this scenario where a writer is, you know, writing like an essay on something. They don't know what they're talking about, but the words that they use make it seem like there's something there. And you know, just just on the just the onus on the, of the reader to figure it out. But anyways, so I I thought that, that was interesting. Just not only that abstract language brings about vagueness, but uh, um, no, vagueness of meaning, but also it, it, it's a it, it causes self deception in a way. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I notice that in science writing a lot. Mm. Um, like people just jargon the shit out of something, and I've been um, kind of you know a person that does or did this a lot in my writing. I'm trying to get away from it, where I'd try to use really big words and fancy, fancy kind of sounding sentences and, and structures and shit. But like, I'm just trying to to dumb it down so that it's like really understandable, so that it's as like comprehend comprehensible as possible. But I notice that like classically and traditionally, scientific papers are really really bad for being that, where they just use jargon and it, it gives the gives the perception that these people know what they're talking about or that there's something really significant going on. What I just out of curiosity, what year was george orwell's essay in 
uh, this uh, this particular essay, I'm not quite sure, but he wrote uh, between like mid twenties to uh, late forties. Okay, yeah, because because I just I was like I was trying to think because because he, he's the one who wrote uh, 1984, right? That's right. Yeah, I didn't realize how old that book was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of surprised that this like this notion was written about so early. Um, mainly mainly because like for me uh like growing up uh the idea of writing things that were super abstract uh and using big fancy words and using a thesaurus was something that was heavily encouraged through um high school and basically the idea is in a in a grade 12 essay if you can make the least amount of sense possible and use big words you get an a plus <laughs> yeah um, so it was, it was very, very jarring for me because in, when I took my first English class, um, cause I, cause in a science degree you're required to take two English courses, um, in your bachelor's degree. And one of them was, uh, academic writing and you, and, and, and I didn't really believe it at the time, but it, at least in the institution I went to academic writing was, was considered the hardest course you could take. And it wasn't because the... It wasn't because the content was overly hard. It was mainly because the entire institution as a whole, which was very surprising at the time, this was only like a decade ago, um, made apparent, like I guess they all had the same idea where if you use any abstract words, you fail your essay, like immediately. Um, so their So their entire curriculum for academic writing was you have to write concisely and you have to use only concrete words. Um, you have to be able to identify when you're using an abstract word and bring it down to a more simple word. Um, and and I guess in, in that point, I, I guess a lot of their English department was not poets or anything. They were all, um, I guess they were all journalistic writers, which, and and, and so I've kind of taken that meaning or, or that life lesson pretty much all, all the way till now, which is why I usually say I write very journalistically. But I will I will say though that um, there is there is a it, there is a slight nuance to it at least from my experience um, because what I what I find is the nice thing about abstract words is that because it, it because they are so meaningless in a way. Um, because you're because they're all subjective to someone's interpretation or subject to someone's interpretation um, by their generality. Yeah, or yeah, and 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 in, in case anyone, the 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 description I usually use for um, abstract words for those who haven't heard my analogy before is um, an abstract word is basically a word that you say out loud, and not every single person in the room will think the exact same thing. Um, so if I say the, so, so if I say the word love and then I try to use my imagination to picture what that means in my head, no one else in a room will ever have the same image I have in my head. So therefore That's a good practical definition. So, so that, yeah. that is not, I will not take credit for that. That was my first year English writing teacher who <laughs> that was his barometer for it. Cool. Um, and I wish I remembered his name. Um, I, I think, I think he, 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 yeah, he ended up like. He ended up getting so sick um, that he stopped working as a teacher and only actually went to four classes. 
it was very interesting. Anyway, that's that's an aside. Um, but the going back to the, the 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 side effect of being concrete, which I found over the years, is if you practice being too concrete, while you can get ideas across very easily and quickly, you come across as more um, standoffish and more opinionated. Not necessarily okay, not necessarily opinionated, but your words seem a lot harsher. So you have to be a lot more careful. Because if you say something, because you say exactly what you mean and everyone knows how to imagine what you say, you, you, there's, no, there's no like softening of the blow. Because if you use it's, abstract words, people can kind of be like, oh, he probably didn't mean it that harshly. Mm-hmm. But and, if you, and I guess that's because <clears throat> with the concrete, I guess it's a style. Yeah, using concrete words um, usually comes the active voice. Like it, it, if you're being very precise with your ideas, then it seems to me that the active voice would go hand in hand. Yeah. So, um, uh, have, have have any of you ever like Gunner? You tried you tried doing you tried to use concrete words in your scientific writing, but Taylor, have you have you after reading that have you tried to adopt your essay or like not your essay, but your 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 a bit your writing? style at all well i mean I, I i listened to the essay just yesterday but uh f- from the writing that i've done today i, I actually did find myself rather immobilized <laughs> um j- just like just just even writing a sentence you know because I, I find i'm a lot more aware of the the automatic um abstract words that just come to mind when i try to express an idea and i <laughs> yeah, I've become a lot, a lot more, a lot, lot, lot less certain in my, in my writing, at least today. <laughs> um, but I, I actually encountered a, a similar, similar idea um, a few years ago. Actually, actually, I, I had a similar experience to you. In in high school, I, you know, there, there was I was incentivized to use very abstract language. Um, but <clears throat> in in university, I. Uh, took creative writing in first year, and that was like pretty much the main theme. Like, avoid general language and use images, use you know words that you can touch and that that the that the reader can feel, and you know, like sensory language. That to me, I I I would find that so distressful because <laughs> because I. Like just from my experience, when you when you take when you take concrete language to a creative writing or, or or a story, while it can build the the world that you're trying to convey, the consequence of that is that you're building the world you're trying to convey. So you end up becoming either a Tom Clancy novel or um which which means which means to me anyway if you never read a tom clancy novel um a a tom clancy novel essentially when you use a super abstract no no thing while so, describing it is concept. so concrete <laughs> that if you have a like you have this uh so tom clancy usually writes about like war or like assassination type things um and they're and they're fiction stories um think like um any war video game storyline and they'll basically, he'll basically be like, okay, this, 
most writers would say a soldier enters the room, right? And you imagine your soldier and you say, okay, a soldier entered the room. It's whoever I want to think about the soldier. He will say a soldier enters the room. He stands six foot two from bottom, from head to toe. He wears upon his head a dark green um, uh, cadet's hat with, and then, uh, and, and then he wears a dark green uh, flannel shirt with a army coat over it. And on the army coat, there is um, various uh, medals. For example, one of them is a medal that <laughs> resembles that of a, of, a, of a bald eagle bursting from a nest. <laughs> to which, which and, and and it'll just go on and it's like you like half a page later he's like and then his belt buckle is a nice tint of gold <laughs> and it really and it really accents his crotch um which which promotes his dominance and even though he is a cadet he he has an air of um importance and and perseverance to him very interestingly despite he, him having this very <laughs> Um, strong exterior. You notice that on his right boot, which, which by the way, are 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 black leather that you've noticed has heard have started leaving marks upon the concrete floor. There's a slight scratch. There's a slight um, inkling of uh, a, a patch of dirtiness to it. So this could imply one thing that while that while he has a very tough exterior and leaves. And and, yeah. and 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 tries to look very important. That slight scuff means that he is, he he lacks the understanding of 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 knowing the importance <laughs> of details. And it's and that was like three pages long to describe the the soldier that walked into the room. And and, and so do, do these details that uh, you know the excruciating detail used to describe uh, every little thing. Uh, do, do they have significance in the story? No, uh, or, no. Oh, he's okay. literally so just he's literally so, being so concrete that you imagine uh, exactly what he's thinking. So it's just microscopic resolution on every bit of detail. Yes, I see. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> you want you should be selective about the details. So I found that I actually can't write creative writing anymore because that because now I write like Tom Clancy, <laughs> and 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 so for for me personally, like like I I I, I dungeon master a Dungeon and Dragons game, and oh, I cool. and I noticed like over, uh, like and I've done it on and off for years, but like you know. The la for for the last probably five years, I would do that to every scene. Like you walk into this room and there's coffee, <laughs> and, and it's like they're like you just talked for like eight minutes. I'm like, yeah, but now, but don't you feel the atmosphere? It's like you're there. <laughs> and 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 what I've what I've learned that I had to do is I ha I, have, I have to now just um I read a lot of um I guess like uh, the manuals that kind of tell you descriptions of places and i kind of just i'm learning now how to be less specific for creativity um so like selective selectively specific selectively specific so so pretty much painting enough that someone can get the idea of where their imagination can fill the blanks in um um uh yeah um, and then if you and if you do need to point something out, usually that's due to that thing needing to have some sort of importance. Um, or like something you can interact with, um, which that kind of uh, that, that that's this is kind of the open end question. I guess I, I'm interested in is 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 there 
is there a place for abstract language yes. in, in in the world because okay. because because i can't i can't i personally can't think of a, of 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 a place with abstract language because to me to use well, abstract language is like to if you're using something that's really abstract it means that you're technically conveying something that doesn't need to have a point right doesn't doesn't that doesn't abstract language lend itself to that conclusion automatically uh doesn't need to have a point or i, I would say a point is that the point refers to a circle in, a, in another space you know or, or, or like it refers to a, a set of points in another space you know what i mean not really like how how because uh, uh, a generalization as you said with love it, you know it means different things to different people but it means it, it definitely doesn't mean uh or very unlikely would it mean uh to an individual oh killing killing your enemies or something or <laughs> you know well <laughs> yeah we'll show our enemies love i think that was actually a slogan back in the day from like maybe okay, vietnam okay, or something okay, okay whatever I'm sure you could find an example where, <laughs> where that that could. Be I think seen it's really it's 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 like context for using abstract is really really important. So like if you're talking about love and you're in the context of a war, then it's kind of more obvious to the listener that this form of love involves violence or something like that, uh, like death and and you know giving the enemy bombs or whatever. Whereas if you were talking, you know, in a room with your girlfriend or your wife or something, then then using love is probably thought of more as like a, a, a nice thing. So I think abstracts, abstract concepts are, are, are useful, but they're only useful contextually. And if you're in kind of like an open-ended context, then it really opens the door up for whatever someone wants to interpret love as because then you get you know warriors and like in a gymnasium or something you get people who are at war or whatever the context is open-ended um then they're more likely to kind of have different ideas and, and attach different meanings to these abstract concepts so the only like the only thing for me that i i think you can use abstract abstract concepts for is the conveying of some sort of blanket emotion or using irony. So if you use the word love and war, that's kind of ironic. Um, but if you if you need to describe to another human what you're feeling, feelings and emotion are already so abstract. So it's like, yeah, like my I love you is different from someone else's I love you. Um, so it's so the only, the only and, and there's no, and, and, and because that concept and, and connection and, and, and emotion is so abstract. I, I physically don't think there's a concrete way to convey that. There, there's but, well, uh, my "I love you" and your "I love you" uh, may be different, but uh, there there is some point of intersection, right? Where, where like this, this some some it's in some way they our meanings meet, you know. In ter- yeah, um, I, I guess in terms of I, it's kind of like saying I like my relationship with you. As yeah, as yeah, you it, being it's, another it's human being, thing. right? But like out out outside of like describing um, abstraction like that, is there is there a is is there any point or use for them? Yeah, I think so. I I I, I find it 
difficult to imagine how you could that like cat. like <laughs> <laughs> got, got, gotta adjust the the cat <laughs> your cat is meowing okay it's I, my i do think I was, I was gonna say it's, it's we, i had to mic the cat up um because <laughs> the cat is the mvp of this podcast <laughs> of course of course biggest fan <laughs> it was auditioning for your place teo if just so you know we, whoa <laughs> <laughs> um yes I, I do think that there's a an, another place for abstract language and, and the understanding of complex systems or or, or like complex the, the, theoretical systems i should say um you know like the, the entire field of mathematics you kind of need kind of need abstract language to be able to talk about things in a in a uh well actually i would say concrete way <laughs> but isn't isn't this the thing like with in in those in those contexts you have to define what those abstract concepts mean like whenever whenever i'm i i use some like theory or or like a word or something when i'm i'm writing um and and i consider it to be like an abstract concept right i flag it in my head as being something that not everyone might understand i then have to take uh, like an entire sentence or 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 time out of the the out of the flow of whatever i'm doing and then explain what i mean by this right and mm -hmm. so it becomes kind of a, a task to any abstract concepts the the best way to be to convey your meaning is to be able to flag things that are abstract in 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 their meaning and then and then break those down into as as concrete of ideas as possible and you kind of want to filter through all of your writing and make it so that especially in the context of like writing for science or or math I'm yeah I would assume um you filter through until you're you're understood by as many people as possible because you're not using abstract concepts and when you are you're properly defining those things right um a, a good a good rule that like because we're always you guys are talking about university writing in my university writing course uh one one concept that he taught i can't remember his name either i don't know why <laughs> he like wrote a book about uh something a gunslinger who knows but anyways uh one one concept that he really pushed hard was if if you're using a, a big word, then then always try to find its simpler uh, like other word. Like if you're if you're talking about love, for example, don't necessarily say love. And if you do, then then you have to define what you mean by love into more simpler and plainer terms, right? Like you have to say like, oh, I like I platonically love you, you know, like not romantically there's no sexual attachment because love typically has sexual connotations and so there's a lot of implications in in how we use these words so it's really important in especially scientific communication to be as as plainly spoken as possible and when you do use these concepts to just describe them i think right at least that's my understanding and, and impression of how it's best to be conveyed so it seems like there's like abstract language is is kind of a shortcut um or or it's a way of packing like a paragraph of simpler language that conveys meaning of, of an idea and uh, so, so so i in, in going back to the being able to develop complex 
theories. It, it certainly in mathematics, it helps to not. Um, it helps to have the, the abstract language to to describe a complex system in, in one sentence, one sentence of abstract language rather than fifty pages of expanded mm-hmm. meaning. I want you to break down everything down to the axioms on every single equation you have. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, you could do it, but be yeah, an astounding waste of time. So, yeah, in, in, I guess in, in, in that context, abstract language is used as a convenience. Because I'm trying to think, like in in, in a like in a day to day scenario, um, I, I I'm trying to think of where abstract language is used and usually it's used by um people to um what's the what's the word i want to use like construe like fake and use it up not really just convey convey a meaning that is kind of transcending of just fact like they want to kind of instead of just tell you well you know today the sun rose Okay, that's fine, but that doesn't kind of have any impact. And so what people typically would say is like, oh, today, like I watched the sunrise and it was beautiful or something like that. The idea of beauty is, a, is an abstract concept, right? It's, it's, it's completely at anyone's, like, you know, the co- beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's like the most common fucking phrase ever. If there's not a more abstract concept, it's the idea of beauty, Right. And so some way that people will convey beauty is, is the, or, or a sunset is just, yeah, like I watched it and it was beautiful. You don't necessarily know what they mean by beautiful, but you know what they mean by beautiful, right? It's abstract. Um, so it's, it's just a way that we can communicate and, and instead of just giving fact, which is really fucking boring to listen to, you can actually kind of give some emotion and, and, and then you build on a person's, you know, how they, how they respond to you emotionally, you know, they, you're, you're describing something that, that happened to you in more personal terms in, in ways that maybe they can kind of tune into what you mean by beautiful and maybe they can't. Sometimes you can be, uh, you know, misconstrued. Maybe you can be, uh, what is the word I'm fucking looking for? Yeah, not taken like like people can misconstrue what the fuck you're trying to say all the time. And so I think abstract concepts are tricky there. But if you're really trying to make people understand where you are kind of like emotionally as a person and understand one another, it's those are really helpful ways to do it. I want to propose something that I just kind of thought of as you were talking. And I was going to kind of get to this, but I think you actually made my point possibly better. So abstract is usually used to... Um, convey a message really quickly. And the benefit of that is it allows me to build a personal connection with you whereby you can kind of relate to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The sun is beautiful. And you're like, yeah, I've, had a, I've seen a beautiful sunset. Yeah, I know what beauty is. I like beauty. Beauty's good. And then I can start building upon that. And you kind of already have this relationship with me because you've connected with something I said. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a benefit there. But the 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 issue, not the, uh, it's not, and it's kind of just a, uh, the, the, a consequence of life is that a lot of people I think have tapped into knowing the, the, the importance of abstraction with that connection building. Um, so you have many people, um, specifically I'm thinking politicians right now, mm-hmm. um, whereby they will say a lot of abstract terms 
to kind of leave a smoke screen up and be like, well, I didn't, this is kind of what I said. And it's like, yeah, that sounds good because they're thinking of it in the way that they think it sounds good. And then when, and then they're like, well, I didn't really say that specifically. I kind of said this thing right. over here technically. Um, yes. And you, and you can do it that way or like, um, or, or, or in a way, um, I think a, a uh, the U S president right now might be speaking. Um, he, his rallies are very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll usually start off with, 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 um, some sort of, uh, emotion thing. So, um, let's just say he says something like he, he tries building the connection initially by, by saying, Hey, remember that thing you said 10 years ago? And now the, and now that you, if you say it now, it's offensive and everyone hates you, you get a bunch of cheers and then he'll go off and kind of give some more personal mm-hmm. examples. Like, so he's kind of like, can Building that initial emotion, um, I don't really have an abstract specific phrase, but he builds that emotion and then he can kind of steal or steer the audience in the way that they want. Um, so for me, while it is while it is very nice to and can it is it is definite convenience to convey things and you can build connections with it, in most scenarios that are not just casual encounters with another human being mm-hmm. are I, I can't like abstraction usually is just used negatively for the most part from what I'm thinking. Cause I'm trying to like, like any bit, any place of business, any place of, um, and that I can think of politics, uh, my work at university, uh, teaching, uh, uh, news reporting abstraction doesn't really help the situation because it usually either it usually either can soften the blow or soften the importance, make things seem right. less dire, um, more detached. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Can anyone can can you think of one place where it can be helpful? Be like an entertainer or something. Yeah, like, like it. <laughs> Like it's almost like it's almost like if you're building a connection with someone for the benefit of well, this humor or some other like some other yeah. positive emotion. I think um, they they kind of do it in in media, don't they? They use a lot of abstract concepts that have a lot of uh, different different meanings attached to them, and they really kind of throw them around loosely and assume that everyone knows what they mean. And I think they do that for like the sake of either text space or, or airtime. Um, Can you give me an example of some of these concepts? Uh, like the, well, like for example, the red hat, like they'll say like something like, Oh, about the red hat. Well, to, to me, I'm Canadian. I don't like the Trump hat doesn't really mean anything to me. Uh. But but if you were if you were maybe someone who's growing up in the South or something and you're constantly like exposed to racism or something like that, or or you are a racist, then then the red hat can mean completely different things to you, right? Uh the make America MAGA hat. So so I think like those are even things that they have made into um kind of abstract concepts that they kind of throw around to to frame frame their discussions kind of emotionally frame frame the way that their audience has to digest the the information that they're giving because they they kind of frame it either one way or the other 
with but, with, but, with the words that they use, the abstract thoughts, concepts. But with the with the example of the of the uh, the MAGA hat, um, do they not know precisely? Well, who their audience is. Oh, exactly. That's why they're doing it, right? Because like Fox News will use the MAGA hat as a point of like pride, right? It's a good thing to them. And and that appeals to their audience, right? Whereas and so that might be followed up with like, oh yeah, well the MAGA hat, like they might victimize themselves. Oh, we're under attack, you know, these these left wing snowflakes, they they have such an issue as again. So they might take that approach, right? Whereas but- like uh the the left liberal news media might be more inclined to say oh the maga hat and then bring up stuff that's that's negative like that kid that was just standing in the in the capitol <laughs> hill or whatever and 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 there was that native guy drumming to and, him like it's 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 really it's wild how they twisted that that's kind of why i brought up the maga hat is because i i watched that in real time i think we all did um of just how this this concept of of a kid wearing a fucking hat has essentially driven America into civil war mode. Like they're fucked. If if it's not like, if you guys don't think so, like the 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 difference in response and the level of response that they had to like a sixteen year old kid was crazy to me. And so like that's yeah that's I think about that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just gonna I, I was kind of hoping you were gonna go there because I was I was scrolling i was perusing um at least i'm gonna use the word peruse through uh the twitter handle of gunner reese over there and uh and i noticed you had that conversation where like you think you're going back and and actually no i don't think that was you going back and forth so but you mentioned you 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 had a you had some sort of retweet of um the 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 kid wearing the uh, mega hat and the the interesting thing is I is, is is that's like a really good example of the I in a way I think both sides are using abstract language mm-hmm. and they're using it to elicit emotion because I think abstract language is very good at that. Um, it'd be I I was very interested to see if anyone ever which they didn't I'll tell you this right now. I was kind of interested to see if anyone was going to bother writing a piece that had no emotion to it and just literally just and literally concretely describe what happened in the video, whereby if I summarize it very quickly, mm-hmm. it was some uh, black people with some sort of religion. Black were sh- Israelites. Uh, yeah, were shouting at yeah. um, some Native Americans. No, they're shouting at the MAGA hat kids. No, they're originally shouting at the Native Americans. I've never even watched this Oh, I watched the full two-hour thing. Two hour thing. Okay. I was watching it in the office. God damn. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, it's the the, the black um, Israelites were initially just yelling at Native Americans um, and, and, and like almost unprovoked in kind of like a very propaganda-ish like conversion trying to convert them, I guess, in a way. Um, saying that they weren't the first people on this land or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was black people shouting at Native Americans. Native Americans came over, told them to quiet down. Um, they yelled back and forth. Then um, white kids essentially started like making a freaking like fight ring around the them. The suburban white kids started pouring in. And then the black, and then the black people started um, uh, throwing uh kind of trying to prove they, they didn't said, said words that were prov- trying to or not trying to they were saying words that would have 
that would be considered provoking to mm. the kids. Um, the kids, you couldn't quite see because the picture quality was bad. They might have snickered or whatever, um, but didn't, you know, really respond back. Um, and then the native, this Native American drummer then went over to this group of white kids and then the white kids started chanting along with the Native drummers chant. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't know what they're, what that chanting is called, but they, they started chanting along. It was like a peace song or something. And then, and, and then get not considering any of emotion there. And then, and the, the, uh, white kids then pretty much were just sitting there watching what was happening and cut and, and, and some of them made, uh, smirking facial expressions. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's, that is the concrete description of what happened, but it's two hours. I can't, I'm not going to uh -huh. sit there and re recite the entire thing. Um, and so what can you take from that? Okay. Maybe the kids chanting along to this native American chanting, is rude yeah 100 like those kids are little assholes but like that whole thing was taken so far out of context and and i think it's because there's such abstract meaning attached to that that hat because like if you take that hat from a concrete meaning it's a good hat technically for the american economy yeah. like unless you apply abstract thought to it it is technically a good hat mm -hmm. concretely but you just there's there's so I, I much applied bit, to it i think i'm a bit confused about what we mean by abstract concept and abstract meaning so, because like is, is, is by abstract meaning it sounds like uh that this hat is abstract because it evokes emotion and evokes different different emotion different groups of people yeah it's got the connotation of donald trump racism bigotry all okay. that stuff attached mm -hmm. to it where if you take it from a literal standpoint which, and, and the abstract concepts that are attached to that hat i'm going to say are fair but technically, if you take that hat from a literal standpoint and you're a patriotic American, that is what every American believes in since <laughs> the last 40 years or probably sure. even more. Well, like they're very paid. Yeah. They're, they're very paid. I've only I've only been going to the States for like 15 years. So I was going to go 15 minutes. Like, that's kind of unreasonable. But anyway, the, the, they're very patriotic. They they mm -hmm. want to be the best. Um, they. They do whatever they can to kind of be the best country they can with the with this big economy and um yeah make america great again is like the literally the best slogan i've ever heard ever yeah. for an american it's yeah. unfortunate that it has all this connotation attached to it well yeah and i think I, that's that's kind of what we mean is that the meaning of the hat isn't necessarily shared if you if you were to ask everyone in a room to define what that hat means, everyone would probably give you a different answer. Similar to love, similar to beauty. I, I feel like this this definition is, or this example is a bit different from uh, other other instances of these kind of sort of vagueness and abstraction. Uh, something like democracy or um, fascism. Or something like mm -hmm. these are examples that, that well yeah that's an even better section. example yeah <laughs> well, well just let me uh, explain what i'm getting at where we yeah. have um you have a country and maybe the government is using words like democracy or whatever and both the left and the right or you know all sorts of factions mm -hmm. uh, are, are on board with their use of, of the term uh, but they have totally different definitions of what it, of what it means. 
Yeah, that's a way better example than than the hat. But yeah, no, like that's well, it's well, exactly that's another another way that they another f- couple words that they tend to use that are are completely abstract, right? Yeah, yeah, but they 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 mean different things to. Um, I I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> bit hard to explain because it's an abstract thought too that's why it's so hard to explain yeah (laughs) abstract thoughts are difficult or being or making an abstract thought concrete is what i should say is difficult Mm -hmm. right (laughs) this is like and 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 this conversation for me personally I i don't i don't know if you necessarily um um agree with what i'm going to say but um now that now, now that we've kind of had this this discussion and 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 started dissecting abstract versus concrete like for me this is personally why i for, for besides the pure entertainment value i don't like um a lot of uh self-help books i guess like when people are like i'm successful this is how you can be successful because i find like usually the recommendations are so so very very vague and you have to be because you can't literally recreate their steps um but similarly um when you have people who are popularized intellects i find that they just generally speak very abstractly and then you have which is then then you get this which is great because you you're you're talking so abstract that you can reach this huge audience because Mm -hmm. everyone believes that you're saying what they're thinking yeah but you're really not committing to anything so you get a huge audience and you get which is what which is what ends up getting a scenario whereby your audience interprets something you say 18 different ways Mm mm-hmm um, so one thing that I, I notice a lot be just because um apparently half my Facebook list right now is really on Jordan Peterson kick. Um <laughs> it, it's getting worse. And here's the here's the thing. Half my Facebook list is, and I've already like stopped half my Facebook list from appearing on my newsfeed. Um and and so you 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 have people who are who 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 are like going back and forth about how he is super racist or super right-wing or super whatever and then you have this other group who's like no he's neither and then the other this other group is like he's he's very catholic and believes in jesus and you're just like yeah yeah some what, people what think does that he he's believe the, the second coming of christ or something holy cat at guest star <laughs> some some shows can afford a laugh track uh we could only muster a uh if you want us to be able to afford a laugh track, you can go to our Patreon at <laughs> www.patreon.com slash infinite monkeys, where you can donate as little as one dollar um for at for our appreciation. But if you donate two dollars, you actually get stuff that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty cool. And if you believe if, you, and if you like cats, you should go and uh donate two dollars so we can feed the cat properly so it no longer meows. However, if you're a dog person, if you donate that two dollars at www.patreon.com slash infinite monkeys, we will be able to afford a laugh track so therefore you won't be able to hear the cat <laughs> but yeah like on your point with uh jordan jordan peterson um yeah i i noticed that when i first started watching him is is like he is so misinterpreted like everybody has a different meaning attached to things that he says 
And, and like, typically he's figured out a way to say things that he can kind of get away from and, and be, and, and be abstract enough and think of, and talk about things in, in such a kind of abstract way that he can say, oh no, well, I actually meant this. And kind of, he skates, skirts away from, from ever being pressed on any one issue. Right. Right. Well, and, and there's also like, it's very cheap to complain about a figure like Peterson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very, this is similar to Sam Harris, you know, like you're not going to get that. You're not really going to get blowback in our media culture for mm-hmm. lying about someone. Yeah. Um, getting aroused out of a whole bunch of people. You get a lot of engagement and stuff. Um, you're not going to get sued for for libel or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you can. So, so it's very cheap to 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 convey misinformation. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've noticed. Like contrasting uh, Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris. Um, at least I get the impression that Sam Harris, when he uses abstract things, he makes the attempt to break them down into more concrete and simpler concepts. Um, he's usually really specific in the things that he says. Um, and he's a lot more exact and precise in his language than Jordan Peterson is. And, yeah. and that's something that I've really noticed that I, I definitely have a preference to to Sam because of that. Um, Jordan just is like, he's like a self-help guru. You can just take him any which way. He's like a, he's like a psychologist, right? I was just going to make this point is that like when, when, a, when you go to a, when you go to a therapist or something, the the ideas that they give you to like and and the the ideas that we're typically given and fed in in mainstream um to try to help ourselves are very very vague and abstract they're like oh well well you're so sad well okay what do you need to do oh well you need to just get up and not be so sad anymore and stuff like that like that's a that's something that i've kind of noticed is recurring is that the the steps are are typically not very concrete and the language used is non-specific, especially in psychology. And maybe that's well, where Jordan Peterson gets that from, why he talks in such abstract concepts so he can deflect or, or just because that's his training. I have no idea. Well, I, I think I think uh, on the subject of self-help, you kind of need that abstract, or, or at least that general language. Like, uh, uh, at least in terms of trying to live a more energetic life or know one that's more motivated or, or whatever you you, you kind of need to be ruled by principles you know you can't say eat 30 grams of cheese at 8 53 in the morning every every day and you'll be more energetic or uh, i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> like very very concrete rules um or injunctions they, they work in, in that domain i need principles no, and that might be because of like biological variation that, you know, not everyone, like some people can eat probably 30, 30 grams of cheese at 9 a.m. And that is their, yep. their secret to success. It sounds like, uh, like Jordan Peterson, he only eats meat and, and that works swimmingly for him. Um, so that's like, you know, I think a really rare thing. So it might be similar to happiness. It's just not everyone can eat the, eat the 30 grams of cheese and feel happy. <laughs> I th- I think there I th- I think I think though that I don't know if this is your experience just kind of going through and 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 living life and talking to people but what I notice for me is and if we go on this like you know happiness and self help book kind of say 
give you general information on how to be happy. And let's say that, and let's say that one thing they usually say is find something you love and do it. Mm-hmm. And make time to do it. Because if you make time to do it, that's self-care. Like, sure, yeah. that's some sort of general statement people make. But what I what I find is when when there, there's two groups of people that I talk to um, when, when I start talking about these things. And, and, and one group is the group that they know what makes them happy. If we stick with that emotion, we know they know what makes them happy. And they know what they enjoy. However, their excuse is, well, I can't do that thing to make me happy because of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And what I think you can do with um, people with very, very little effort um, in the grand scheme of things is I when I because because when I talk to people, I think it's very easy to make to get them a plan and don't and, and don't try to be hipster and call it a 10 step plan or a five step plan to be happy like. It can, it's, it's, it's as many steps as they need because everyone lives a complex life. And if you have just a quick conversation with someone, mm-hmm. you can, you, you learn a ridiculous amount of that type of person. And what I find is I can't do that because I'm not happy. And you start saying, okay, well, let's, let's, let's get us there. What do you think is one thing that you need to do to be able to do that? Right. And usually immediately it's like, well, I need more money. And then it's the next question. Okay. You need more money. How do you get more money? Um, will I get a better job? Okay, well, how do you get a better job? Well, I need to go to school. Okay, then, well, how are you going to go to school? I need to save some money. Okay, how are you going to save some money? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to spend less. Okay, what are you going to spend less on? And what I find is when you start asking these questions and you keep just kind of saying, well, how are you going to get there? One of two things happens. One, it's too many steps. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of they're shooting themselves in their own foot anyway. Or two, they... At some point, you will realize you will find where their true barrier lies. And mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people, it's a lot of people, it's I need to go to school, step one, and I can't afford it, step two. And for whatever reason, that that money to get into school, they're historically from the few people I talked to. It's just because they don't make they they can't for whatever reason come to terms with making the sacrifice of needing to be able to get that money to get to that school or take a loan. It's like for whatever reason those three options are off the table, and for and there's a wide re- variety of reasons why those three options are off the table. But that is one type of person that I've encountered. The other, which is surprisingly more common than I realize, um. Or there's actually there's actually two more, but one another one that's more com- common that, that made me really surprised is a lot of people don't actually know what they enjoy. They think they know what they enjoy, mm. but they actually have no idea. Um, so so for example, pe- people can ask me, you know, what what do I do in my spare time, and what do I enjoy doing in my spare time, and I can list you off top of my head, easy twenty things if you ask me that question, um, and. And, and so for me, it, it, I can utilize all my, I, I, I spend a lot of my time just, okay, what can I do today in my spare time? And I have one of these 20 things. And then there, there's other people who, the, what they find ha- that makes them happy 
is so hyper-specific to one specific scenario or environment that it's very hard to replicate, and they don't have anything outside that. So, for example, a good, a good, uh, 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 an easy one, just because we're in Canada where we get a shit ton of snow, um, one thing that's easy is what I, I really enjoy snowboarding. I really enjoy skiing. Okay, that's, that's a huge limiting factor because you have to drive to a ski hill mm-hmm. and a snow hill. And then on top <laughs> right. of that, you have to find the time to be able to do that. If that's the only thing that makes you happy, you have a barrier there immediately. And mm-hmm. that's not even like, and, and, and it's not even necessarily a, a, a large barrier, but that's just life is bound by time mm-hmm. or at least our perception of time. And it's very hard to sacrifice that two hour drive there to ski and then that two hour drive back. So you, so for a lot of people I, I, that I talk to, they, you, you, they haven't found the other thing that they enjoy yet, or they haven't put time or effort to figure out what else they right. enjoy yeah. to do, yeah. what else, what, what else they um, would like to do. And, and they may have several excuses for why they can't commit that time. Like I'm too busy or yeah, I'm too stressed or uh, whatever it may be. Yeah, and, and or I, and I have to focus on getting a job or something. Oh, and, and then uh-huh. so so then with that focusing on get a job, you you have your third group of people that I thought of, ah. and the third group of people is, I think we referred to them in 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 one podcast where we were talking about um, deferring the reward, and the third mm. group of people is the people who say I know exactly what I want, but I'm willing to be miserable because I'm going to delay my reward, and with them. It's such a struggle to to make it. It's such a struggle to for them to break that mentality. And they might. And and there are people who who don't need to break that mentality often. Um, but if, if I use my own example, I had I was someone who had like what a fifteen year reward delayed gratification. And I was miserable at the end. And it was so hard for me to keep breaking, for me to even break my um, habit of keep on deferring, um, enjoying myself just because I've been doing it for so long. And I knew, and, and, and it's kind of like a compounding feeling whereby if you, you're like, if I defer it just a little bit more, my payoff's going to be magnitudes larger. Right. Um, and there's a couple of people I know who are, who are, who have that third mentality and and and, and so so that this def- deferral of gratification or reward it, this is for, for this third group of people it's those that defer gratification um without a plan is that sort of the, the key yeah, point like yeah yeah so, so, you, so you have your, your third group is the i know how to be happy but i don't know when to be happy type of a right. thing your right. second group is i know how to be happy but only under these prerequisite conditions. And then you have the third group of people who have, I know what will make me happy. For some reason, I can't get there. But like, you're, you're still right. just, you're trying to fit people in, like, like people are people. They, you can't fit them into three groups, though. Like, well, I, those are even still, like, super abstract concepts that you're using to try to define they, people and how they how they attempt to and how they go about finding happiness and meaning, right? Admit, admittedly, yes. That Because I know but, people don't fit into a, a, a three, three No, point. They, they, because everyone's an individual, to an extent. 
but yeah, like, like, yes, that, that is, those are, those are broad generalities, but my, but my main point to take away from, at least for me is you have people that say, if you want to be happy, you have to do something you enjoy. That is a, that is a thought that's so abstract that it has no meaning. Well, yeah, like um, I think I think half the half the problem is that people keep trying to apply like a single word or something that literally has an infinite number of meanings. Like like they try to attach uh, or they try to they try to label people into into groups of like all people into three into into three different groups. But it's like that's so abstract because even the thought of what like a person's personality is and what is happiness to them, all of these things are already so abstract. So it's it just makes it almost impossible to 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 deal with and use these words because they literally mean everything to anybody. Like you can you can ask someone. Uh, what happiness is to them and and it can be a completely different thing and there's probably a million different ways for them to 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 figure out how to get to it right so it's just i think it's a numbers game of we try to apply these these really specific words to to super just like abstract concepts and then we hold people accountable for whatever our definition of that word is or, or whatever our definition or whatever our, our idea of that group is or however we want to go about things. Like we, we, we do that to ourselves, right? But surely there's an overlap, you know? I mean, do what you enjoy doing. I think, I think, at, at, I think we could say that, that doing what one enjoys at least entails getting a, I don't know, some sort of positive biochemical response to some action. But like, know? see, that's, but okay, so that's, that's so abstract as is. Like, what is something that people enjoy? Like mass it, murder. It, well, yeah, it's like shit, like <laughs> mass Killing murder, m- masturbation. Like, we're, we're awful things. Like, I don't think that doing, doing what people do, do what makes you, what you enjoy to do is, is an appropriate, like, I, generality or abstract way to look at life in in the first place i agree it's not a it's it's a very shallow um principle to follow but um i think it it can be a reasonable place to start and you know you can you can you can use other terms to um to accompany it like do something that gives you a sense of purpose or something you know but but see like yes that's very general (laughs) but but um you know, you it's at least it, it, it at least narrows the set of things um, that you could be referring to. I think, like, if if you want to be happy, if we're gonna try to break down how to find happiness in into just a, a simple formula, not just like go do whatever makes you happy, because I think that that's too broad and 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 it's ridiculous. I think you should just like look for moments and and opportunities that make you breathe deep because i think well it's uh, killing my enemies yeah well sure if, if that's i guess but most people most people it's it's a lot simpler those things that that and you might not notice it until you actually start queuing into it but like it's stuff like that that you can actually start to notice in your life that's actually concrete rather than just like do what makes you happy I don't know. I, I, I fail to see the <laughs> difference. I, I, mean, I, 
Everyone's I, more visceral than the other. Well, that's the whole point, right? We're trying to break these things down into things you can touch and, and feel, right? I can't feel meaning. I don't know what the fuck meaning is. I haven't found meaning in my life in 26 years. Who knows what the fuck meaning even means? I don't know what that concept is. But I have had a, a collection of moments over my life that I've kind of just collected myself and, and kind of had to take this deep breath. And, and, and that's how I've been able to describe it. And, and that even is, is like an abstract concept in itself. Because, well, you enjoy taking deep breaths. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it is something more, more visceral, right? Like, fuck, sure. do things... Yeah. Do things that make you feel warm and fuzzy, I guess. But but like, because you can't just attach. Do what makes you happy, because I think those even starting from that place is too is too abstract. I mean, if, if you define happiness as the biochemical, the the, the the positive biochemical response from actions, then then there, it's kind of the same thing. But then it's too know. shallow, right? Because biochemical happiness just leads us to to literally uh, a big fuck show. Let's, let's see. Biochemical happiness technically leads you to cocaine every time. <laughs> if we if we chase biochemical co- happiness, cocaine gives you the the highest biochemical happiness out of anything in the world. It's not just mass orgies at noon. Nope, it's cocaine. Cocaine will give you the highest biochemical response. Huh. huh. <laughs> which is why when you there take you co- which is why when you take cocaine, which which is how the addiction happens, is because yeah. you take cocaine and then you get this huge biochemical response, and then the only You're way the to, most happy you've ever the been. only way to get that response again is if you do more cocaine. So really, what you're saying by do what makes you happy is you're saying do cocaine. <laughs> like you could literally <laughs> interpret it as do cocaine. And I guess on some level, me saying breathe deeply every now and then is also leaving the door open for take cocaine because you have to breathe deeply deeply to snort the snort the coke. So so this is the problem, right? You have to you have to be really precise with like these these abstract concepts of like happiness, okay? You have to define but, what but happiness is. You can use is. these abstract concepts. I mean, you can combine them in many different ways and and narrow in and sort But of I feel like a lot of people it some Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people use them like weaponized versions of them though, right? <laughs> Weaponize. They weaponize. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Yeah, they <laughs> they will they weaponize their words a lot. <laughs> weaponize happiness. That's a thirteen episode throwback. <laughs> Weapon. Yeah, that's what I think. Like for the one, the one thing I found interesting about your 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 idea of um, talking about uh, this deep breath moment and. The, the is that thing, clear? Do you guys no, have you, you ever had those? Do you think people yeah, have he, those? He, 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 I understand. Like when you're I born, you getting... take a deep breath. I, it's that kind of. It was moment. great. I remember. Yet no one does. <laughs> if you do, that would be crazy. I. I. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. I think that that is a very interesting way to put it. Mainly because what I was going to say is, you know, can can you find um, happiness by doing an action plan type thing so usually when i'm just just because when i'm talking to people right um usually i usually say um when i when i first meet them or or i really really actually want to get to know them um my first thing is what do you want to do what is the one thing that drives you that you really want to do and usually they tell me and my response is 
okay, how do we get you there? Like to me, initially that, that is my favorite way to get to know someone. And, and, and I love the idea of, of finding what someone else wants to do and then trying your best to build them up to get where they want to be. And then subsequently, hopefully they do the same thing for you. And nice. that answer you would assume like most people, like even me, for, in, until Gunnar said his thing, is you would assume that would get you to the place of being happy, or at least get you to a place of realizing what, do, like, get you closer in some capacity. Like you might realize you get there, and then it's not what you find happy, and you have to change your plan. Okay, that kind of sucks, but at least you got there in the first place, and that doubt's no longer there. What I find very interesting about um, the idea of just saying the "what makes you breathe" moment, and 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 kind of made me realize that it is almost intangible to even describe how to properly get someone anywhere near where they would find enjoyment is because like I was thinking, you know, what is, what is my breath moment? And my breath moment is usually just, um, nobody talk to me. I'm going to go on a hike. I mean, you, you can come with me on the hike. Just don't talk to me the entire hike, just dead silence. Um, you can bring people, you can bring people that you want to bring and you guys can talk, just don't interact with me, but I just want to go for a hike. Like in just my, in, in my own world. And I just want to look, look at earth essentially. Um, and I'll take some pictures and stuff like that and try to be artsy and et cetera. But my, my, my main personal enjoyment is just, I just want to experience earth and you know, that is such a weird thing that I don't think anyone could ever really push me to that realization or push me to understanding that mm. because like for me it's it's you know I I could I, where most people would push me is the idea of well you should go on vacations and see new locations and do all this stuff and I'm like well true and while that is the expensive but easy way to do that mm -hmm. Really, I just need to go on a hike that I haven't been before to see some things I haven't seen before. And through my life, if I can see other biomes, that would be pretty dope. But I don't need that. But that, like, if anyone was really talking to me, that's probably the idea they would get. They were like, you need to go travel to see all these different things. Well, fundamentally, I just need to see anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like, and I think what you need really is to just not stop doing things because eventually you're just going to fall onto and stumble upon something that is going to give you that moment. And and you've done the work to figure out more precisely what you want to do. No, Gunner figured it out. He just oh, figured it out okay. right now. Like oh, I, I've, I've actually never legitimate, like, like I, I like I well, legitimately never thought of it that way until like that moment. So no, I, <laughs> I did not figure it out. Well, uh, uh, well, I'll put it another way. Like you, you, I guess you know yourself well enough to to know that it's it's not traveling and seeing stuff that 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 you need necessarily. It's it's something more precise going out on hikes not talking and taking artsy pictures yeah and then my other and then and, and then not any other the other one for me is 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 i guess human experience where 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 and and by that i just mean i i will get that human okay. experience as opposed to that robot one <laughs> yeah i can't i can't have that non-humans that ai experience dot dog, not, dog VR experience. experience i can't do that furry either. furries <laughs> animal experience, experience. <laughs> um but no like the 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 one thing that i found that that um 
is is really irritating and 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 kind of maybe irritating is not the right word, but it kind of just like ruins the experience for me. Is I find that now uh, I'm gonna sound like an old person right now. Like a lot of people don't genuinely give someone else their time to understand or even learn about the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, like, okay, take me on this hike. And I won't, don't talk to me. I'm on this hike. But if you want to go to a coffee shop ba- later and just tell me about your life experiences, let's go right. do that. Um, and I find that not a lot of people, not a lot of people do that. Um, they, they do the, they do the whole, at least at work anyway, you know, walk down one hallway, they're walking down the other hallway, you're going in different directions. They say, Hey, how you doing? And you say good. And they say, how, and then you say, how are you doing? And they say good. And you keep on. And at yeah. no point did you stop your stride of walking. Yeah. It's, it's the most meaningless. I hate doing that. Possibly North American interaction ever. Okay. So it's here, here, all North American. Here, here's a fun thing. You can't do that anywhere else. Here, here, here's a, here's, here's a, oh, what was, what was my new, there's something new I've been saying the last two weeks because I cognize, I, I like messing with people um, because I hate that interaction so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, for the, and for the longest time, it was actually rude of me um, because people would ask me, how are you doing? And I would say, good, and keep on walking. I would even ask them because I know, <laughs> because it doesn't even, yeah. th- this interaction doesn't even matter. Yeah, you could say whatever the fuck you want. Like, gobbledygook. Like, and they'd be like, okay. <laughs> but gobbledygook might be more, like, more offensive it would than totally, silence. It would totally be offensive. <laughs> um. And, and it just, it just, it just never crosses my mind to really ask someone how they're doing. Cause I'm like, do you, do you re- like really, are you, you're not even like, if you stop, if you stop in a hallway and ask me that question, I'll sure I will answer that question. We'll have a conversation. A lot of my undergrads do that. They'll, they'll like physically stop and then say, hello, Tyler, how are you doing? And then I'll go, I am doing great. Um, this is what I've done recently. What did you do? Re- and then you have a conversation. Yeah. Um, but for people who just do the walk and talk thing, my, my favorite thing is, um, uh, either give them a really weird compliment, mm-hmm. like just so abstract, um, in terms of like, um, <laughs> abstract you know, compliments. And, and, but do, but doing it before <laughs> they even interact with you. So it's like, it's a beautiful shirt. Like today it's, it's, <laughs> it was like negative 20 outside. And so someone's going out like bundling up, they have their scarf on their jacket and you just mm-hmm. say, Hey, brave in the weather outside. Like just like that is a me a more thoughtful interaction. Than, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Um, but um, my 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 ultimate favorite one, which fl- flusters everyone, because no one's ever heard this response before, um, is they say, "How are you doing?" And you say, "I'm doing good. I hope you also also are swell." And That's their nice. ans- and then and it's a really nice thing, but they expect you that you said. Uh, good how are you too so they always say you too and i'm always like that doesn't really answer like you no and they get really flustered and it's really awkward conversation they're like wait what did i just say well that's exactly like when you uh when when the server says enjoy your meal and you're like ah you too like that's the same exact fucking like god damn it i'm a fucking retard yeah (laughs) happy birthday you too yeah yeah no that's literally the exact same thing no it's so it's my happy birthday thanks you too it's my (laughs) It's my little rebellious way to hopefully re- make people more cognizant of how meaningless that interaction yeah. is. Drive I, safe. You too. I do that all the time when I'm leaving people's places. You too. When they tell me, say, drive safe. Oh, it's so I, dumb. I can definitely appreciate the, the, the your, your your decision to try to make people more aware. But I, I, 
I do, I do, <laughs> I do like that interaction more than silence, you know? I, oh, yeah, I, no, I realize. I'm like, everyone thinks I'm an asshole. So I have to think of something to do. What if you just do deadpan silence, though? Just like, oh, how you doing? Just nothing. Just not it even only like works when you have headphones in. <laughs> Don't even stare at him. Just straight ahead. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of a way to, to mess with you, Tyler, next time we're in person walking past each other. So, yeah, I, I just I just wish people... I don't remember why we're talking about uh, <laughs> the human interaction, Ooh, yeah. but I'm just like, yeah, I, 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 I love the, the breath moments and enjoying the earth, and I wish people had more human interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, that's one of the things I really, um, really appreciate about human experience. <laughs> and you know what is human experience? Sorry, sorry, Teo. I had to cut you off. You know what isn't human experience? <laughs> I love conversation. Conversa- I love uh, conversation. <laughs> Fuck you, Teo. We're talking about this now. <laughs> you know, you know what isn't human experience? And I just have to throw this out there. Mm, what isn't hu- what isn't the human experience is work is not the human experience. The the the, the work the. Um, yeah, I agree mm. because I, mm. I I've I've gotten those mm. I've gotten those deep breath moments at work all the time and and really where yeah. what were you doing Man, teaching at lecture you just okay this is how I look at it I'll just be sitting in I was, the last one I had was when I was like in December or something it was like my last lecture for um, my seminar class and and everyone was just kind of like listening to this speaker. And I just like stopped and looked at everyone and I had this realization that like this is one of the last times that I'll ever be in a lecture and like, you know, life keeps going. I'll never be in school again. And I was just, instead of being like really anxious about it, I was just so happy and just glad to be there and and in the moment and stuff like that. So mm. you do get those moments. Like I was, I was, I was teaching last semester before that. And, and I had a, a similar experience. I was just watching all of the, the kids, as I call them, they're like 20 year old people. I was watching <laughs> the kids do their little lab assignments. And I just like had this moment, like <laughs> I'll probably never do this again. And or, or, and I won't be doing this for much longer. And it was just kind of like really nice. And, and ha- like, I felt happy. And I took like that deep breath that you aren't, you aren't thinking about your breath, but you're kind of just like, ah, you know? So I do I, get those moments at work. I, I guess maybe my, like, like when I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm too caught up in the, in the, being a cog in the wheel of a billion dollar machine that doesn't yeah. appreciate its clients. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so like for me, I'm just, I sit there and I'm just I, I like, so for me, when I personally look at students for yeah. the most part is you realize how hoodwinked every one of them is. Yeah. And, 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 and like, no, literally like it was like this past week. Um, I, I had this, uh, I had this one student come up to me and they asked, um, um, they asked me, uh, basically two of them did for, for general life advice of how to do science after you do science. Mm-hmm. And, and one said, you know, I really wanted, I, I, I had this opportunity to do uh, pharmacy in the UK, but I turned it down because I thought I'd be, my life would be moving too fast and I want to take a step back and enjoy life. Um, right now, I'm kind of thinking that I want to switch to the biochemistry department because biology, you know, it's a lot of ecology and evolution and this stuff, which I'm not very interested in, and et cetera, et cetera. And I and 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 as 
someone who gets asked a question, when I get asked a question, I'll answer it as honest, honestly as to my best of my ability. And I, and I, you basically have to tell them, well, um, unfortunately, the first two to possibly three years of your science degree will be ecology and evolution, and you won't learn anything of not uh, you won't you won't really learn the the anything medical or anything um chemically medical you 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 don't get that experience from a bachelor's mm -hmm. degree and you and it's just kind of a stepping stone to do anything else of more specifics and even when you do a master's degree you in a master's degree you don't even necessarily get the specifics that you want even if you are willing to move halfway across the world yeah. and then what do you want to do after you 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 do your um uh, what do you want to do after all of this? Do you want to design medicine? Do you want to do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to just prescribe stuff as like a pharmacist? But that's just a lot of avenues that and, are and, open to you, right? And well, the 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 the, the, the and, yeah, and but this but what it what it ended up the conversation kind of ended up e evolving into is that what the kid realized is that no everything he's doing now is so meaningless yeah. to what he wants out of life. Like even to the point of me telling him, like the reason why I am so hard on my class is be, and I put hard in, 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 in audio air quotes and is because I stress that you should learn specific things while you're here mm -hmm. because nobody else in this institution will teach you those things. And those things are like the, of, are the only value your entire $20,000 degree will get you. Yeah. They're, the, they're the only skills you'll get from this. Everything yeah. else is complete meaningless bullshit and you're spending $20,000 to literally fund my job right now where I get paid a minimum minimum wage. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's kind of the, the weird reality but i don't remember why i wanted to cut tail off and say that i don't know you just wanted to go on a I, rant just, I just kid. i just really it's wanted to cut tail off yeah yeah tell, <laughs> tell us about how you like conversation because that was random yeah. tangent yeah so uh one of the things <laughs> i really enjoy about life is you know the dialectical conversation where both parties uh, <laughs> contribute uh, very evenly and tell me how you are no keep going i'm sorry <laughs> Dialectics. I just really wanted to rant, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, uh, I think another another avenue. I mean, if, may as well just go on talking about what what gives us those deep breath moments. Uh, <laughs> you uh, laugh at me, and now you're using the the exact same euphemism for oh, happiness. You, you don't give yeah. me that deep breath moment, sir. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Yeah. Double cut off. Go on. Okay. You, you, you got tail. Cut him off quick. <laughs> no, no, no. We can get it. So we can get it. What I was going to say was, it was Robo Tail. I'm just saying. I got, got such a deep breath kick out of that because you're just sitting on like Gunner's. You're just sitting in Gunner's like studio room and you're just looking out and like there's out the window. There's like he lives on top of a hill. You just see his large expanse. You just hear Roboteo, <laughs> Roboteo talking, and it was the greatest thing I've probably had all year. Anyway, continue. Whatever. <laughs> I'll stop cutting you off. <laughs> Well, uh, I was um, uh, deep breath moments. Yes. Well, I was, I was going to say that. Uh, well, 
when you were when you were talking about um you know coming across people and uh finding that they uh might not be able to <laughs> uh specify what what they actually enjoy in their day or like what what they want to do in their spare time i start to think uh about uh you know myself being posed that question i became rather alarmed <laughs> um uh but i after thinking i'm realizing that uh along with conversation uh, doing doing creative things uh seems seems to be uh seems to give me a lot of a lot of pleasure and really cheer me up um particularly like music and and uh writing and just sort of being in that space you know where you're just constantly making intuitive decisions and all that it's kind of like um, Sorry, were you keep no, going? No, 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 I was going to ask if you guys had similar. Had a similar yeah, no, no, I have. I have totally had similar similar um, experiences. Like, like I'll I'll be working, you know, just doing something on my piano, and then I'll come up with like a nice chord progression, and it and it's like I love it. I it gives me like this nice feeling, and and what you were saying earlier is that people aren't really meant to work and i think that like on some level that's kind of true i think we're more meant to like create and do things like that and 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 experience kind of the limits of what our creative intuitions can express and see what we can make and i think those are that's a really really easy way to to get those those deep breath moments it's funny how this i was just thinking funny how this story or this podcast started we were talking about george orwell and uh, 1987, and now we're like, oh yeah, this is how you be happy and uh, abstract concepts and stuff like that. It's neat. Just remember, Big Brother's watching you at all yeah, points. No, it's, they're <laughs> always watching. <laughs> so can I, if, if none of you have anything to particularly add or want to cut me off with, um, can I end ask, asking one question, and I want to know your opinion on, opinions on this question, because I got asked this whole, uh, uh, about like three times in the last three weeks, once a week. Um, and is and it's kind of on this idea of both happiness, but also humans aren't designed to work. Is, is there such thing as a dream job in a realistic sense? Like, is the notion that you can get one, you can get a job that will make you the most happy and elated person for the remainder of your life. <laughs> Does that even exist? Uh, I, th I think uh, it, it would have to be a personal thing. Like, I, I, I could see that. I could see something like that existing if you're like an entrepreneur or, yeah, or, or as a slash an artist, you know. And, and, and you Aren't just we all just entrepreneurs slash artists deep underneath? Or, or <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I mean like completely self-employed and yeah. uh, able to make all sorts, like have hundred percent liberty to make dis, uh, creative decisions and how you run your businesses and stuff. It, that's seems to be what it, what it ought to be. Dream jobs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have to kind of agree with you too. Probably something that would just enable you to just have full autonomy over your life and 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 not waste your time for like other people and stuff like that like what you were saying earlier you 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 were uh 
you you see how you gauge where people want to get and then you help them get there and then hopefully they help you get there. I think those kind of systems are the best and I think jobs that encourage that kind of interaction would be the best and especially if it's like towards the the goal of making the world a bit better, uh, exploring somewhere, creating something, things that, that would tie into into like a, a fundamental kind of human desire right like to be uh, to be free to create and do what you want i think is is the is the is the dream for a lot of people for me personally it would be to I, just sit around and and cook and smoke pot and make music that would be that would literally <laughs> right on if i could get paid like fifty thousand doing that that'd be pretty yeah. dope like i don't even need that much i hope ubi comes through universal basic income <laughs> come on yeah <laughs> No, I don't well, want to be a bum, that's for sure. I, I think that the 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 difficult caveat is that you kind of have to know yourself like really well to be able to identify what that dream job is if, if or or what the ideal use of your time would be mm -hmm. that would give you well all the things that a dream job would be. I'd want to raise animals. That'd be something else. That'd be nice. So going to Teo's idea, like Gunners was very much creativity. And but Teo, Teo quantified that in a very interesting way. He said, doing something with a hundred percent creativity or a hundred percent your input is what the product right. ends up being essentially. A hundred percent agency. Yeah. Is uh, with the is, will with the personal willpower to be able to is know that, what that is. Is that possible though? Having having a <laughs> literal job with a hundred percent your decision will net you some money essentially. Because like I, I you sit there and you like for me, I sit there and I think it's like, oh, what's a good job for that? Oh, if you have a uh, a base of people who like your content and you're like say you're a YouTuber, in theory you could do whatever you want. But mm -hmm. if you change your content too drastically, you yeah. will, yep. you're, you're, you actually don't have free will in that job because <laughs> your content changing. Depends if you give a fuck what people think, though. But here's the thing. The if Beatles, you the need, Beatles went from being a band that made songs all about love to a, so, a band that made fucking drug symphonies and people loved them regardless. So like, but it morphed into that. It, but exactly, they, like, I think I think well, that's creativity, sure. right? So, so it changes it ebbs and flows. It, it's not so static as what your consuming base might want. So, so like, if if I ever got to that position, I would I would definitely understand the ebbs and flows and not really care about the 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 income and having to shoehorn things to a certain demographic to guess or an income because you kind of do this ebb and flow thing then you can kind of build audience so broad you can do whatever you want anyway that's what i think in theory but the the what to me what that kind of fundamentally comes down to in terms of like the beatles is the the the, the interesting thing about the beatles is they essentially made a an, an album they made their first album or whatever but then they ended up making um so much money off of it that even if their second um, album flopped. Who cared? They made like so much money they could literally do whatever they wanted, and no one and it doesn't and it doesn't really matter. So it's like to me, a dream job is almost like make some. The dream job is make something once, mm -hmm. 
and make so much money off of it that you have enough money to do whatever you want and do you, do <laughs> other people's yeah. opinion doesn't even care. But at that yeah. point, is that well, even a job? Yeah, that's the thing that you want. Right. You want to get right. that, yeah. you want that Elon Musk PayPal money and then you can just have that <laughs> fuck off like money. Like I don't care what people say, I can just kind of do my own thing. And I think that's some property and yeah, like, you know, I want to fucking buy some chickens and and kick it, you know, like that's I think that is the dream goal is for people to kind of have have some level of success. I think uh, you want to do what you're what you're happy doing, but you also want to have the stipulation of having some level of success. Right. So, yeah, I I would I would definitely add that to maybe my list of things. If it, but a lot of people would be would be rather miserable in, in a situation uh, where they were the sole determiners of what they did and their their future and whatnot. Yeah, um, because they don't know themselves. Yeah, that sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah, guys want to get self-aware people say anything on that but yeah i don't know like, like yeah just just keep experimenting and figure out what what gets you to those deep deep breath moments whatever that might be <laughs> keep pushing boulders but only if you enjoy yeah. deep it's like it's like ah. it's like you can keep it's that's i think one one aspect of that story at edifice or whatever no, Oedipus, the guy that fucked his mom and killed his dad. <laughs> I don't know what I'm... Uh, Sisyphus? Sisyphus? They're yeah. all Greek to me. Um, but I think yep, that's that's one, one moral of the story that's lost on a lot of people is that, yeah, that boulder rolls down to the bottom of the hill every day. What you're doing is meaningless. That's the whole crux of the story is that you're supposed to be happy that what you do is meaningless. So, yeah. But, it, Just, but it's on you to figure out how to be... Come well, yeah, and 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 don't it. attach so much and, meaning to the things that you do. You don't have to be successful, but create things. You don't have to, uh, I don't know, get that Elon Musk PayPal money so that you can start up Tesla and SpaceX and all that shit and have the fuck around money. Like you don't, you don't necessarily need that. Just keep doing stuff. I think it's okay to attribute meaning to like a high amount of meaning to what you're doing. Just, just, just don't expect it to be ordained from yeah don't expect other people to put meaning onto it (laughs) yeah yeah. or or divine meaning tyler thoughts both my thought is that that was a great podcast guys nice and i really really enjoyed that discussion i love how it started from um George Orwell went to happiness they went to a very dark depressing place really fast (laughs) or well damn perfect Anyway, if you have any thoughts on how to find happiness, um, you can feel free to... And on, uh, abstract com- on abstract concepts. I can't even say that. And, and Orwell, Orwell in general. Like super yeah. into Orwell. Like, I'd love to talk about Orwell. If you want to give us your Orwell Orwellian essays, we'll also read them, <laughs> possibly live on air. That could be an entire episode. Teo reading yeah. George Orwell we could, essays. We could respond to them. I'll do that. You can, uh, if you have any, if you have any comments on any of those topics, feel free to hit us over on Twitter, uh, whereby you can find all our handles uh, as basically our names. So, for example, mine is just Tyler J. Wenzel. Gunner, yours is uh, Gunner Reese R H Y S, not R E E S E like the candy, but the weird other spelling H Y S. 
And Teo, yours is? Uh, at Teo Gedi. T-A-O-G-A-E-D-E. And apparently we also can receive emails at this point. I learned um, yeah. from a carrier pigeon this morning if you want to send us emails because you, you refuse to get Twitter. Yeah, we have, uh, we have an email account now. Uh, we, we're, Teo's got internet. He's in the 21st century. Podcast has an email account. We're going places, people. So it's like get on the ground floor now. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can reach us at infinitemonkeyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and that's that's the email address. I I I I I have to uh, uh, feel very sad. You say we're progressing, but you do realize we just went from the 24th century, whereby we have a artificial intelligence robo Teo, and now we just have regular Teo with internet. <laughs> I believe that's going backwards in <laughs> technology. It's fifth dimension and, and stuff, so it's it's over our heads. <laughs> and remember, everything we say is not fact checked, so please go do all the the research for yourself. Other than that, this is episode 019, and we are out. We'll be happy. Cheers.